Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. And then we're going to read Romans chapter 4, 17 to 22. But the main text is Hebrews chapter 11, 11 to 13. The Bible says, And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky, and as countless as the sand of the seashore. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. That's Hebrews, that is Romans now. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God. For, for he gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and, he, and the deadness of Sarah's home. He did not waver, waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was threatened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Father, we give you praise this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We thank you for such a grace and a privilege to be in your presence. Father, Lord, as we listen to your word this morning, speak to us in a way we will understand. Speak to us in a way that will change our lives. Receive the glory. Receive the adoration. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to talk to you this morning on the theme. We are still on our series, Walking by Faith. And the reason why we are emphasizing on this series is because the Lord has spoken to us corporately and the Lord has spoken to us individually for things that he wants to do for us this year. But if we are going to receive any of the things that the Lord has spoken to us about, it's going to be by faith. So without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. The Lord spoke to us and said, this year will be the year of expansion. But how many of us know that God often speaks and many people do not see the fulfillment of what God has said, not because God did not mean what he said, but because they did not have faith to receive what God had promised. And so that is why I'm believing that as we share these messages, you will come to the place where you can fully cooperate with God for everything he has said and promised to do this year in the name of Jesus. Now, there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible for Christians. But I often wonder why most Christians live in such desperation and such hopelessness. Meanwhile, the Bible has numerous promises for us in the scriptures. The only reason why we are not able to tap into those promises or see those promises fulfilled is lack of faith. Lack of faith. That is why this morning as we talk, 
on standing on the promises of God. I want to believe as you leave this service today, you will be standing on the promises of the Lord. Hallelujah. There is a hymn that talks about standing on the promises of God. After you leave this church this morning, you will begin to stand on the promises of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. And this morning, the, the main figure, the main character we want to consider in the Bible is Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Abraham is often referred to as the father of faith. But not many, not many people call Sarah the mother of faith. They always praise Abraham for the sacrifices he made. They always praise Abraham for believing God. And they quote a lot of things about Abraham, but nobody takes time to emphasize Sarah, who was also part of this faith journey. The first thing I want to commend Sarah for was when God appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. Now, I want you to imagine in today's world that a husband decides to tell the wife, we are moving, but I don't know where we are going. How many wives are going to submit to the husband and just say, oh, let's go, without arguing, without quarreling? But this is Sarah. She believed in whatever her husband said and was able to follow wherever her husband went. So nobody really sees the sacrifice that she made as a woman by not questioning what the husband said, by not fighting or contending with what the husband said, but she followed in faith. So she was also a part of the faith journey. And when you look at the ups and downs of Abraham, when God told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you, there was a big promise. But I must tell you that many years after, those promises were not evident. There was nothing showing like God was fulfilling the promises he had made. If Sarah was not a woman of faith, she would have started judging the husband. You surely deceived us and took us, took us out of that place saying that the Lord has said you should leave this place. Now look at how we are suffering. Look at the troubles we are going through. Look at the difficulties we, we are experiencing because of your mistakes. By saying that God spoke to you. She was convinced that God spoke. And she was able to stand with her husband in difficult times. And her work is amazing. So this morning as we consider Sarah. I want you to see what God is saying. And believe. So you can stand on the promises of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Hebrews. Chapter 11 verse 11. The first thing the Bible mentions in verse 11. Which is significant is that. Sarah was past childbearing age. In other words, it was impossible for her to have a child. That's what the Bible is saying. It was impossible for Sarah to have a child at this point. But what you must understand is that the human body is subject to biology and nature. But God is not subject to anything. Amen. That is why I always say that. Human beings will experience menopause. And the reason why they experience menopause is because they don't have the remote to press play. Because it's menopause. It is pause. They don't have the remote to press play. So they are, they are, it's just like if your TV is off and the TV button is, is bad and you don't have the remote, there is nothing you can do. That is what we say, this person is under menopause. But God who created the womb of the woman has a remote in his hands. He can press pause at any time and he can press play at any time. So there is nothing with God as menopause. God can give a woman a child at any time. And Sarah is the example. Hallelujah. So 
God does not respect human calendar. God is not subject to nature. God is not subject to biology. There are people that are under pressure because of their age, because of time. God is not subject to time. What God has promised to do, he will do regardless of time, regardless of nature, regardless of circumstances. God is faithful. Hallelujah. And in verse number 12, the Bible says, For a man, good as dead, came descendants. When God made the promise to Abraham, like I said, Sarah was past childbearing age. And Abraham was very old, even to have a child too. But the Bible says, from this man that was good as dead, came descendants, came a nation. May I announce to somebody this morning, it doesn't matter how you, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. God can still make something out of you. It doesn't matter how disqualified you think, how hopeless you think, how inferior you think, how poor you think, how uneducated you think. God can still make something out of you. If God could take a man dead as Abraham and make him a father of many nations, there is nothing God cannot make you. I said there is nothing God cannot make you. And in verse number 13, it says they were living by faith at the end of their life considering themselves as strangers, as pilgrims on the service of the earth. May I say to you that faith, faith is not an ingredient that you apply to obtain something from God. Faith is something that has to be every day of your life. That is what the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. The Bible did not say the just shall have faith in moments or apply faith in moments. It said the just shall live by faith. Meaning that in your finances, you have to live by faith. In your career, you have to live by faith. In your marriage, you have to live by faith. In your relationship, you have to live by faith. In everything you have to do, you have to live by faith. The Bible even says that anything that is done without faith is sin. Anything that is done under the sun without faith is done is, is sin. So faith is not just an ingredient to apply when you need something from God. Faith is something you have to walk in all the days and all the years of your life. Hallelujah. If we are going to stand on the promises of God, if we are going to stand on the promises of God, there are three things from this text we must consider. If we are going to stand on the promises of God, there are three things. Number one, you must understand, you must know that God is faithful. Hallelujah. In verse number 11, the Bible says Sarah received strength to conceive and bear a child because she judged that he who made the promise was faithful. Now, if my sister goes to me and give me a check of $10,000, I will call her to and say, hey, sis, <laughs> this check, let's talk about it. Where did you get this money from? Because maybe I know her finances, I know how much she makes. So I'm asking myself, where did she get $10,000 to give me on a check? But if Bill Gates walked to me and gave me $100,000, I would not even say where you took this money from because I know how much he has. So when God said to Sarah, you are going to have a child, you are going to be a mother of nations. The Bible says, even though she knew that her womb was closed by this time, even though she knew that she had passed childbearing age, she judged that the one who made this promise was faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. She understood that the one who made this promise was faithful. May I say this to you? The power of the promise 
does not lie in what the promise says. The power of the promise lies in who made the promise. May I say it again? The power of a promise does not lie in the words of the promise. The power of the promise lies behind who is behind lies in who makes the promise. There are some people if they promise you something, no, forget about it. Like growing up, we had uncles that if they promise you something, you just when you see them, you believe because it will never happen. But there are some people if they say, "I'm going to do this for you," you are very sure that what they are saying, they will surely do. The Bible says in Numbers chapter nine, uh, Numbers chapter eleven, verse nineteen, it says, "God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent." He said, "Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God is faithful. If God says I'm going to bless you, be rest assured He will bless you. If God says I'm going to give you a child, be rest assured He will give you a child." If God says, I'm going to give you a husband, be rest assured, he will give you a husband. If God says, I'm going to give you a job, be very sure that what God has said, it will surely come to pass. God is faithful. The reason why Sarah was confident in the promises of the Lord was not because the angel said, you have a child. It's because she understood that the one who has made this promise is a barrenness bulldozer. The one who made this promise is the one that created the womb. Is the one that can change circumstances. Is the one that can work miracles. So she judged that he was faithful. In Romans chapter 4, in the text we read, the Bible says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Being fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded about the promises that God has made for you? Are you confident in the promises that God has made for you? Abraham was not staggering in his faith. Abraham was not troubled in anything God had said. Sarah was not worried. Even though she had passed childbearing age, she understood that even though I'm faced with these circumstances, the one who made this promise is faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So number one, understand that God is faithful. God is not a friend who promises to attend your baby shower and don't come. God is not a friend who promises to help you in your, in your wedding and don't show up. God is not a friend who says, I will call you at six and not call you. When God says it is six, it shall be six. Amen. When God says I will be there, he will be there. God is faithful. He keeps his word. He honors his promises. The Bible says his covenant he will not break, nor alter the words he has spoken from his lips. God is so faithful. So whatever promise God has for you this year, believe it. It will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Believe it. If we are going to stand on the promises of God, I said number one, know that God is faithful. Number two, don't judge the promises of God Based on your circumstances. Don't judge the promises of God based on your circumstances. Now, if you read verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says Abraham was good as dead when God made his promise to Abraham. In other words, looking at Abraham's circumstances, that promise was not possible. 
Looking at the life Abraham was living at the time, it was impossible for them to have a child. But God told them, you are going to have a child. I read a story in the Bible that is very interesting. In 2 Kings chapter 6 verse and 2 Kings chapter 7, if you read chapter, you read chapter 6 and chapter 7 of 2 Kings, you read a story about a time where the Assyrians came to attack the Israelites. And back in the day, there was a war strategy that most nations were using. They were using a strategy that called a siege. And what is a siege? A siege meant that the nation that was coming to attack Israel would just surround Israel. They don't fight. All they did was surround all their gates, all their entry points, and all their exit points. Then what will happen is this. Nobody goes out of the city and nobody comes into the city. Their farms were out of the city. Their cattle was out of the city. And because they cannot go out and come in, so there will be no food in the city. And then that's when they will surrender to the, to the opponents. So the Assyrians came and took a siege around the city of Israel. So there was hunger in the land. If you read your Bible very well, you remember a time where two women were quarreling. And they saw a king passing. And the king said, what is the matter? One of the ladies said, yesterday we killed my son and ate my son. It was an agreement that we eat my son yesterday. Then today we are going to cook our own son and eat. And now she's refusing to give her own son. Hunger was so bad that women started looking at their sons and they had appetite for their sons. That is how hunger was so bad. The Bible says the dunk of a car was very expensive because they needed that for firewood. And the prophet came and said, by this time tomorrow, food will be so cheap in this city Food will be so cheap that we will have enough food to eat. And the gatekeeper said, even if God was to rain down miracles from heaven, that is not possible. Because he was judging the prophecy based on the circumstances. And the prophet said to him, you will see, but you will not eat. And if you read the Bible very well, there were four lepers at the gate. They said to themselves, if we stay here, we are going to die. If we go into the city, we are going to die. Let us go into the camp of the enemy. Maybe they may spare us and give us something to eat. And the Bible says as they were walking into the camp of the enemy, God caused their footprints to sound as the sound of chariots and armies. And the Assyrians fled and left their camp. And these four lepers came. They found food. They found gold. They found drinks. They found silver. And when they had eaten and took many of the things for themselves, they said to themselves, this is the day of good news. Let us not keep it to ourselves. And they went and told the Israelites. The Israelites came and gathered the supplies. And food was cheap in the city, just as God has promised. But looking at the circumstances where women were able to kill their sons and eat, that prophecy was not a true prophecy. But when God says it, it doesn't matter how your life looks like, it will come to pass. Is somebody hearing me? There may be things around your life that say it cannot work, it is impossible, this cannot be true. But when God says it, it will surely come to pass. Amen. You may not be educated and God says, I'm going to make you the manager of this company. Looking at that promise is a lie because for you to be a manager in this company, you have to have a master's degree in business administration. But when God says, I am making you a manager, it doesn't matter the circumstances, it will come to pass. Because God is faithful to his promises. Don't judge the promises of God based on your circumstances. 
If you read Hebrews chapter, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, being weak in faith, being, I mean, being weak, being not weak in faith, Abraham did not consider the deadness of his body. That was dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Can you imagine that God appears to a man and tells you, you are going to have a child? The wife is two times menopause. Two times menopause. By this time, the tubes, the fallopian tubes, have, they, have, they, have, they have all closed. They have twisted. They are like dry, dry crayfish or something, I can imagine. And God is saying you are going to have a child. The Bible says, Abraham did not look at his body that was dead. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was fully persuaded that he who made the promise was able to bring it to accomplishment. Listen. God's promises for your life do not depend on the circumstances surrounding your life. If they are told anybody back in the day that a black man from an African parent will be a president in this country, they would have sworn with their life that it's impossible. But when God wants to do something, no situation can stop what God is about to do. Hallelujah. Where you come from cannot stop God's promises for your life. The circumstances surrounding your life cannot stop God's promises for your life. Your inabilities cannot stop God's promises for your life. Your deficiencies cannot stop God's promises for your life. When God says it, it will surely come to pass. God is faithful. Don't look at your life. Don't look at your circumstances, your education, your background. And they say, well, I know they say, they're saying that I'm going to be rich, but it doesn't look like because my father is not rich, my mother is not rich, I don't know anybody. You are judging God's promises based on your circumstances. You're making an error. When God says it, it is final. God does not need human cooperation to do what he has promised. All what God needs is your faith to believe. If you believe, all things, the Bible says, shall be possible. Hallelujah. Don't judge his promises. God's promises has nothing to do with where you came from, like I said. Listen, in the journey of life, in the journey of life, God has not promised us a safe journey. God promised us a safe arrival. Let me say it again. In the journey of life, God does not promise us a safe journey. He promises us a safe arrival. That is why he says, when you pass through the fire, I will be with you. It does not say when you are in the fire. It says when you pass through. It means the fire shall not be permanent. The fire is temporal. God is saying in this journey you will have troubles. There will be tribulations, persecutions. But I, I want to assure you, you are going to arise. So God does not promise a safe journey. He promises a safe arrival. That's what God is saying. You may have difficulties in your family, difficulties in your marriage, difficulties in your career, difficulties in everything you do, but I want to assure you, my daughter, my son, you will make it till the end. These things are not permanent. They are temporal. Don't judge God's promises based on the circumstances surrounding your life. God is faithful. Number three, if you are going to stand on the promises of the Lord, be patient. Patience is one of the things that has destroyed many people from receiving the promises of the Lord. God says, I'm going to bless you. But before God shows up, you have changed position. God says, I want to make you a manager in this company. 
Before the time comes for you to be manager, you have changed company. God says, I want to do this for you. Before the time comes, you have fabricated your own way and left. One of the things that will cause you to receive the promises of the Lord is patience. What is patience? Patience is not just sitting somewhere and waiting. Patience is what you do while waiting. Some people are sitting somewhere, waiting, but they are grumbling. They have an attitude. They are so mad at God. You are not patient. Patience is what you do while you are waiting. There are some people who have been praying for something, trusting God for something, and because that thing has not come to pass, now they don't go to church, they don't pray anymore. You are not patient. Patient is not just the ability to say, well, I've been trusting God for five years now for this, and I'm still believing God. No. Patience is what you have been doing within those five years. Were you still praying? Were you still loving the Lord? Were you still giving? Were you still going to church within those five years? That is what shows if you are patient. There are many people that can sit in a spot not being patient. They grumble, they complain, they curse God, they say all kinds of things against God. And then they will say, well, it's been 12 years that I've been waiting on the Lord. No, you are not waiting. Patience is what you do while you are waiting. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, verse 7, it says, be still therefore before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. God has promised you, my son, be faithful in this job. Be patient. You're walking. And then one day you show up somewhere, you see an old colleague, an old friend, an old classmate. And a friend tells you, well, and I have a job in D.C. I make $125,000 a year. You go back home, you start fasting. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look at all my friends. You are not patient. God's promises for your life does not depend on your classmates. God's promises for your life does not depend on your colleagues. Everyone in this journey has his own lane, running at different speeds. We are not going to the same place. We may all be on I-66, but we will not end up in the same place. Is anybody hearing me? So if my friend is making $600,000 a year, go for him. God has blessed him. But God has a promise for me. God has a destiny for me. There is something God has promised for me that is only for me. It cannot be for my friend. It cannot be for anybody else except me. So what happens to my friend is not, it's not a measuring point for what God will do for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Patience. Be still. Do not fret. And so, after waiting patiently, the Bible says Abraham received the promises of God. The reason why he was able to receive everything that God gave him was, the Bible says, he waited patiently. Now, when the Lord said to Abraham, you will have a child, many of us think that it happened like immediately. No, it did not. From the time Joseph saw the dream to the time that he became prime minister was 13 years. Is anybody hearing me? From the time Joseph saw the stream where he saw the stars and the moon bowing down before him to the time when he actually saw that dream for he was 13 years. From the time that David was anointed king of Israel to the time that David sat on the throne was 13 years. So many of us think that when God says, I'm going to make you read, you think that maybe in six months something will happen at your job, whether your manager will die and then you, you take that position. No. When God says it, you need patience to see that promises fulfilled. 
Is anybody hearing me? You need patience. It took Jesus 33 and a half years to start his ministry. I mean, 30 years to start his ministry. And in three and a half years, it was complete. If it was today, the father would say, look at this boy. You are 30 years old still in my house. Go get a job. But there was a promise over his life to save humanity. But there was a time to accomplish it. Hallelujah. Don't let the success of other people make you impatient. Don't let the work of other people make you impatient. We all have different paths to our destinies. Is anybody hearing me? Patient. Patient. So, what are we saying this morning? Relax. Stop being anxious. Stop panicking. Stop comparing yourself with people. Stop, stop worrying yourself. God is faithful. In Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am the Lord. I'll be exalted in the nation. I'll be exalted in the earth. It says, relax and know that I am God. If I make this promise, it will surely come to pass. God is faithful to his promises. God is faithful. Listen, God's promises may seem to delay, but it will never fail. God's promises may seem to delay, but God's promises will never fail. The only thing that can stop the promises of God for your life is your unbelief. The only thing that can stop the promises of God for your life is your unbelief. Even the devil cannot stop God's promises for your life. The only man that can stop God's promises for your life is you. If you refuse to believe. That is why Jesus said, if only you can believe, all things shall be possible. I am trying to bless you, but you need to believe. I am trying to prosper you, but you need to believe. I am trying to elevate you, but you need to believe. I am trying to give you that child, but you need to believe. I am trying to give you that job, but you need to believe. I am trying to give you that husband, but you need to believe. I am trying to give you that business, but you need to believe. If only you can believe, all things shall be possible. Now, do you believe? Do you believe? Now, when you stand on the promises of God, your confession is different. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. You go to work, it doesn't look like all this, anything is going well, but you keep confessing. It is well. God did not bring me to this United States to frustrate me. I shall make it in this land. Amen. You confess it. You say it out. Don't, be, don't carry a face that somebody meets you and say, hey, sister, how are you? You say, well, we just did. Things are so tight. Yeah. I don't really know. We're just trusting God. You speak defeat over yourself. How are you doing? I am alive and grateful. God is faithful because you know where you are going. You may not have money in your pocket, but God is faithful. There may be no food in your house, but God is faithful. There may be crisis in your family, but God is faithful. Don't let your confession come out of your circumstances. Always confess positive. Confess what God has said. Confess the promises of God. And I'm sure when Sarah told the, the, the neighbors that I'm about to have a child, they said, look at this woman, you're so crazy. You are two times menopause telling us you want to have a child, please get out. But she knew, the Bible says, that he who made the promise was faithful. Listen, God is going to bless you in this land. But are you, do you believe him? God is going to bless you in this land. Do you believe him? If you believe, stand on that promise. Speak about that promise. Confess that promise. Sing about that promise. And it will surely come to pass if you believe. Hallelujah. Can we stand on our feet? 
I just said this morning, if you are going to stand on the promises of God, three things. Number one, know that God is faithful. Number two, do not judge the promises of God based on your circumstances. Number three, be patient. Hallelujah. Delay is not denial. It may take time, but it will surely come to pass. We want to pray some prayer points this morning. Number one, Father, thank you for your word and for everything you have done for me today. In the name of Jesus. Can somebody just open your mouth and just begin to give him praise for his word. If you are blessed this morning, give him glory for all that he has done today. Give him the glory.